listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the team room. You are here with Trent, Brian, and myself. We've got it. We heard you. You finally online bullied us in to the very thing that we're going to do. We're going to talk about everything special reconnaissance from soup to nuts, from cradle to grave. We are going to lay it out to include the new CFETP. That's the training plan to include all those new changes. So this is it. Step one. What do you want to know about SR? We're going to get into it. First, we always start with gratitude, and this time is no different. We just want to say thank you to everybody that likes, subscribes, comments, engages on the post, retweets, whatever it is, your social media of choice. Put us out there. Thanks for helping us reach as many people as we have. We can only uh, thank you guys for for how popular we have gotten our mild popularity. We're almost to 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, so hop over there. You can see me fail at hanging flags up. You can see Brian get mad at me when my flag falls down for the fourth week in a row, and you call me on the comment section. He really doesn't like it, (laughs) Uh, but you can only see that failure if you go to the YouTube channel, so check it out. And then, as always, go over to onesready.com the partners link. So if you go through the website and check it out, it's, it's the partners link or just onesready.com slash partners. You can see a whole bunch of people that we partnered up with military veteran LEO owned operated by businesses before here. I had to, I had to get these luscious PJ locks down and tamed. So I went to my outer regs pomade stash and I put some pipe header in the hair and got ready to go. So there's a ton of them over there. Black Friday sales are coming up. Check out all of our friends at Eberly stock at Outer Regs Pomade, Alpha Brew, all of those people. Check them out, and uh, you'll get 10% off with the code ONES READY. So hop over there. <sighs> all right. That was a way better intro than Trent. Trent always screws the intro up, and we were talking about that before we got on. But he's always, he literally said before we got on today, he was like, man, I'm glad I'm not hosting because I always screw it up. True or false, I just like Trent. to do a live. Yeah, I just it's- jump on and <laughs> say whatever comes into my stupid brain. <laughs> it's big if true, and in this case, it is it is huge. It's huge because it's totally true. Yeah. Um, so we should say Peaches isn't here because uh, SR is so hot right now that Peaches was not able to stand the fact that the spotlight wasn't going to be on him for an episode. And he was like, listen, what are we talking about? I'm I'm out. <laughs> I'm gone. We uh, we talked about it earlier, man. And I want to I want to put this out there. We're going to we're going to hit this piece by piece. Right. But the CFETP, that's the training plan for special reconnaissance that just dropped. It just got signed. You can get it on the military sites. Like this is this is a real thing. And I want to deep dive into this because it changes everything. It changes the pipeline. It changes the progression after you get out of the pipeline, possibly affects deployments in the future. I think everybody needs to hear this thing. I know I'm super excited about it. I know you are because you're so close to it. So we're just going to be battering you with questions. Uh, I'm going to no softballs like this one. I hope you're ready for a, a stout interview here, my guy, because you're you're getting it. I'm either excited or I've been working on this thing for like two years and I'm just worn down. <laughs> it's one of those two things. If I, if I seem grumpy, I apologize, uh, but I'm actually excited. Yeah. yeah. And just so you guys understand the gravity of this thing, the CFETP stands for Career Field Education and Training Plan. That means when you get in the career field, these are the line items that you have to go through. Like we talk about like PJs, you know, we have 300 and whatever line items, you know, Trent's been working his butt off to get this thing rolling and trying to figure out like what exactly is the career field going to need to know in order to execute this mission that we're talking about being able to do. So this is 
pretty much the holy grail of what you need to know about SR stuff right now to help make your decision. 100%. Yeah. yeah, no pressure. <laughs> so, so Trent, let's start off with this, the, the logical starting point here, man. So just as concisely as you can, as clearly for us, what is special reconnaissance in the Air Force? I'm going to ask a bunch of follow-on questions, but if, if somebody, you know, what's your elevator pitch? What is special reconnaissance? It's, we are a multi-domain data collection, right? And so we, uh, through our processes, we are able to identify, identify, uh, relate, and exploit information. Like, that's what we do. And the ways that we get there and the way that we identify the information, the way that we exploit the information is is uh, across the all spectrums, right, as we move into this near-peer environment. So, really, that's what it is. And at the baseline, it's the, the low-tech reconnaissance version that we've all seen and we're all fairly familiar with from, you know, Hollywood or, or, or knowing people that do reconnaissance in the military. And then after that, we, we go into the um, uh, technological aids and then uh, all the things that we're looking for and all the things... Uh, all the objectives that we're trying to get after in the in the, the near peer environment. Uh, so I guess that's my my elevator pitch. Right, and I think something that people get hung up on is they're like, "Well, what is everybody already has recon and the technological advances and being able to leverage some of those capabilities?" I think that's probably what sets you apart as a you know, hey, okay, all recon is recon. Like, listen, you can stalk in a ghillie suit for two miles and take some pictures and do some close recon and come back and provide me a sketch. Sure. But what if you could leverage all of these other pieces of technology to have a more holistic picture of an entire battle space? I feel like that's what you guys provide, as opposed to that old school mentality of of recon just sneaking and staying out in in hide sites for days on end. Yeah, there, there's definitely some advancements. And think about the last two uh, big conflicts that we think of. We think of Iraq and Afghanistan, and the uh, the air uh, the air situation, right? The air power situation in those environments was not very contested, right? When we first went in in '91, uh, everybody was worried about it, and we schwacked all those dudes and you know, all their all the Iraqi planes that everybody was worried about, and it wasn't even a contest. So as we move into this environment, we move up against foes that may actually have. Uh, be able to contest air superiority, not just through your your uh, traditional means through like uh, you know F thirty five versus MIGs, uh, but when you start talking about SWAS, like the drones and everything else like that, and some of that tech that's readily available to these people, um, that's when uh, we come into play and we help to uh, identify, you know, and uh, and overcome those challenges to to ensure that the Air Force is successful uh, at our objectives. Yeah, one hundred percent, and. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would describe it to people because I'm not nearly as smart on on SR as you are. But I'm like, hey, like there are there are missions that I need that data collection, I need that information gathered from whatever I can think of a million ways like you always want. It's part of your troop leading procedures make reconnaissance is its entire own step. As we're planning for mission, it's actually engaging you you were you were one eighth of the troop leading procedures. <laughs> Trent, congratulations, right. SR, you made it. But that's such an important part to everything that we do. Why wouldn't we have people that are specially trained to provide us like a Marine recon guy? I, I know them. They're my friends. I have a, a couple of them on, on the phone that I've gone to schools with or that I know, but like having an air force guy that already knows all of those, like you could take the slack out of the communication because you're wearing the same patches I am and you can provide that recon to our mission and to our force. I think that's extremely valuable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, that, those are the things that we're trying to get after. And and on that note, I actually wrote down some notes before we started this, uh, and and taken out of a <laughs> publication. Sorry, what? Wait, wait. What? <laughs> What's going on wait, here? Wait, wait. All right. Who, hey, let, hey, dog. It's just us. Blink three times. If someone's there, 
And you did. <laughs> the, the CFM is actually here, like making sure I don't flub this, right? He's like, you Trump. wrote notes down? This is, this is, as we talked about, this is very important to me. And <laughs> I I've am been, so proud of you. This is a big step. I'm so glad we're doing this live. Years <laughs> of my life down this rabbit hole. Uh, man, but take it, says, take it away. Take it away, man. Go. But it says SR operations can support the execution of any soft principle task. For example, FID, uh, foreign internal defense, direct action, unconventional warfare. Um, and then we're talking to the, the aerial-minded uh, reconnaissance, right? Um, and, that, and that's what we're getting after. So I- any mission that you're doing, SR can play a key role in setting that mission up for success or executing success on the back end. So uh, that's really what we're all about. Man, that is straight fantastic. I'm so glad you wrote that note down. <laughs> so, like, it's not that, a so habit. I know. Next time we Listen. talk about combat control, I'm just going to be flying by the seat of my pants. That's it. So, <laughs> that, I mean, that's what you that's what you do, right? So, the natural question is like, okay, well, who can do it? And I mean, obviously, this is our focus the entire time. But what type of people in your mind? Because you have the you have the whole plan right in front of you, and we're going to deep dive every single step of the way. But you know, at the end state. This is what a special reconnaissance man or woman in the future looks like. What does SR look like? And wh- like specifically, what type of people that are out there listening right now, what type of people are you looking for to come into this career field? You know, when, when I, I used to talk to the, the Southie candidates, and there, there's things I said, right? And I said, I want the nerds that won't quit. And this has not changed. I want the nerds that won't quit no matter what. Uh, physical fitness and preparation, all that stuff is is uh, obviously very important. Um, but with the roads that we're going down, and I'm not just talking about computer technology and all this other stuff, but some of the ta- uh, techniques that we're going to ask you to learn and implement, y- you can't be a dummy. Like Brian said, don't be a dummy. Um, so I need you to prepare. But like at the end of the day, I think we're all looking for the same person because it's not like medicine is is uncomplicated it's not like being a good jtac or or setting up a survey correctly and landing airplanes is an easy task i think we're all looking for that same person and when i say nerd i'm not trying to you know degrade anybody it's a term it's of endearment late. you're already canceled but, dog yeah you just got you that, got canceled on that same vein i do want to clarify there's like a upper limit, the limit of everything <laughs> are we gonna yes. about the ASVAT? listen the asvat score can't be too high we all know we all know there's yeah. a limit there's a ceiling you don't I'm going to come up with a, I'm going to come up like event horizon or the Hirschberg's horizon. Like I'm going to come up with a name <laughs> for where, for where the scale tips to where you're too smart for your own good. And you won't actually make it through assessment selection. We'll call it the silver line. The silver line. The silver line. The silver lining. You know, there is that sweet oh, spot the where lining. <laughs> it's okay to like star Wars, but maybe if you go to like all of the comic-con things and you dress up in your basement like don't share it or something if okay. you if you're going into selection i don't know all right so trent just, just want to throw that out there <laughs> the nerd the nerds that won't quit that's who you're looking for continue before brian so rudely interrupted you <laughs> i mean I, I think those are the things that we're looking at like I, at the end of the day you need to be a good person you need to be open to learning right and that's what assessment selection is all about is finding that person uh, that's not only going to not quit and be smart enough but be a good teammate and a good person and i can drop you out in the middle of nowhere with strangers and tell you to execute a mission and you're going to do it because uh, I, I think that's really what separates soft from uh, maybe some more conventional forces you know like um, our, our 18 or our, i'm sorry our 11 bravos probably not going to find themselves out there with strangers, you know, by themselves, unless everything has gone terribly wrong very often. 
Uh, but on a regular basis, you know, as a PJ, they're like, hey, you're going on this, like, commando mission in Afghanistan. Ready, set, go. Go support. Go do this. As we, far have as been do- we have been doing this podcast for a year. That's the, that is one of the best description of a difference that I have ever heard in my entire life. Have you been holding that gem back this entire time? That's a, when people ask us the difference between Air Force Special Operations and another branch, I've never thought to be like, yeah, when was the last time you heard of a random Green Beret that went and attached to a SEAL team just for a couple months just to go do some stuff? That doesn't happen. I mean, uh, maybe mm-hmm. it does like in, in a one-off sort of scenario, but that is, that is bred into who we are. Like we, we are able to go and, and work with other teams um, you know, both as force multipliers or as part of those teams for, for deployments. And we just accept that as a, as a thing. That's, that's actually, uh, I, I learned something today, Trent, you got it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's super important to point out though. Like, you know, we're all interoperable, not only with each other, but with everyone else out there. And it's just that kind of attitude, the person that shows up and we've mentioned another podcast before and the team gets along with them at the very least, you know, the team is able to trust them and their skills. And that's kind of the person that we breed. And you'll find that, you know, like Trent said, the, the nerdy doesn't quit, um, for SR and then for guys that are going PJ, you know, a lot of times it's having that innate that others may live type of mentality where you just, you know, do everything for the job, for the person that you're going out to save. So everyone kind of has their own little purpose, but I want to get into some of that training aspect talking about the CFATP and talking about how the pipeline is going to change. We know if you guys don't know what the SWOE V thing is, go ahead and check out the other video that we have out on YouTube and get caught up on that. You can pause this, leave the other, go to the other YouTube video, come back and it'll still be in the same place. Um, so go check that out. And then we know that's going to be kind of still across the board type of thing. Um, so let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on uh, more inside the pipeline as far as you know, any changes that are going through from ANS and forward? Is there any, uh, anything you guys are looking at? I think uh, SWOE V is, is pretty set. Um, if, if you're curious about it, we'll just do the quick breakdown. Uh, the four AFSCs, TACP, Pararescue, Combat Control, and SR, they all come in together with the same requirements in the front end. TACPs have to pass the swim or TACP candidates coming in the front. At the end of prep, TACPs go one way. So it's a large portion of the class go to their um, their prep course and their uh, apprentice course, and then the other three FSCs, pararescue, uh, CCT, and SR go to the assessment and selection course. And upon graduating and upon selection, we are divvied out into percentages uh, for the the AFSCs. Uh, that and I, as far as I'm tracking, everybody's getting about what they want. Uh, so and and the better you perform, the more likely you are to get what you want. So that's pretty set in stone now, and it's a a process that they've been working on. They they pretty much have it down. Yeah, and f- like Brian said, for for everybody out there that is like you you happened upon this video, which is the point to find out what special reconnaissance is. Check out the channels we have we've covered this process and how you get selected and, and assessment selection and what instructors are looking for. Check out the candidate mindset playlist and check out the ones ready YouTube channel. We go in depth into all of this stuff. So. Just check it out. We if you're if you're not picking up something or if you're not understanding, we got you. So go check it out. Brian, back to you. All right. So <laughs> PJ, CCT, SR, going through selection together. Once you graduate from selection, um, SR is going to be going to dive school, or what's the rest of the pipeline look like? Yeah, for pararescue, combat control, and SR, it's all the same through the employment phase. You get selected, pre-dive, dive, and then airborne, sear, and freefall. Uh, and that before we all break out into our specialty schools to go to our, uh, you know, air traffic control or, or out to Kirtland for y'all, 
and my guys will go up to Pope to start their shoe move communicate phase before the uh, the SR apprentice course. So okay, yeah, and still doing the CCSC or what's going on with that thing? Which well, so CCSC was the selection course. C- oh, yeah. So okay, CCS. so it was very confusing. So a long time ago, when we stood up the South T pipeline because it didn't exist, we we just kind of jumped in with combat control because we both went to uh, our schools at Keesler, right? So we went to the same selection course. Went to Keesler, my guys went to weather school, their guys went to air traffic control, and then we all went out to Pope together uh, for combat control school or the special operations weather apprentice course. And that's why no one calls it SOAC because it's really long, it doesn't make any sense, and it's been in combat control school forever. Um, but my guys will go through uh, the shoot, move, communicate phase with their combat control cohorts, uh, their, their guys that they're going through the pipeline with them, uh, because it doesn't make sense for our guys. Like, as a combat controller, you can go through air traffic control school before you do shoot, move, communicate. It makes sense because they, they don't rely on each other necessarily. And in fact, you need some of that air traffic control stuff to do the uh, to land the planes and stuff like that that you do in combat control school. My guys need to shoot, move, communicate first before I'm going to you know, phase them into reconnaissance, the, the ground-based reconnaissance. Uh, so that's the way we do it. So my guys go through about two-thirds of that course, and then they break off into a standalone um, special reconnaissance apprentice course. Okay. So for us, um, if you're familiar with the PJ pipeline, you know, it's going to Kirtland doing all those things piece or, uh, going to DY to all the other schools that you go to. Um, so for you guys, uh, how long is the pipeline going to be in total? Is it going to be 18, 24? Um, like once you finish, how about the apprentice course? How long is that going to be? 86 training days. <laughs> training days. Got him. Got him. Got him. This guy. This guy knew what was up. The Cree has already happened. You already know how to say that word. <laughs> it is. It is eighty six training days, and I need exactly this much for the smooth flow. What's up? Okay. So and it doesn't then, count holidays and weekends. The weekends that you actually get off and all that other stuff. So okay. Do some math, then, kids. You know, for us, we do kind of an integrated thing where we go mock missions and all that kind of stuff, field training exercises, and everything that. Uh, kind of encompasses the basics of what a PJ should do for our course. Um, for you guys, I assume it's going to be the same thing. You're going to be spit out from the pipeline and you're going to be like a brand new guy, you know, still need to brush up on everything, but you know enough to let you squeak by. Um, what kind of stuff are you going to be, are they going to be expected to know when they get into the apprentice course and what kind of integration as far as, you know, FTX is whatever they end up doing. So I'm going to put, so you're going to go through your shoot, move, communicate, land, nav, uh, portion of the course first and so every mission that i'm going to put you on in the apprentice course the special reconnaissance apprentice course i'm still going to expect you to do those things right so i really want to bake in those those basic skills into you because i'm going to start asking you to implement uh, reconnaissance techniques right but you still got a land nav then i'm going to start implementing in uh, some long-range target interdiction which is just shooting really far but it's not sniper so don't get confused yet um, and then i'm going to start integrating <laughs> sorry don't you get it twisted don't you get it? That's what you right. wanted to say right there, but you're in work mode right now. I don't like, I don't know if I like work, Trent. He's a different He's trying to be real professional right now. Work, Trent, well, listen, he knows. He's like, listen, no. I'm going to get, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this. Not like this, not the redacted, but some actual eyes. And Trent's actual like, listen, eyes. I'm minding my P's and Q's, dog. Yeah, I'm, there's just a lot of information. You know, and then I'm going to drop, uh, one of the big questions always is, do you guys still do uh, weather, right? But if you look in the, uh, the SOCOM guidance, uh, which you probably don't, have access to yet environmental <laughs> reconnaissance is part of uh, the special reconnaissance skill set so i'm going to drop that on top of you and then i'm going to drop swas the uh, the drone technology on you and so we're going to drop a skill set on you and then you're going to conduct a mission again and then we're going to teach you another skill set and you're going to run a mission again and then at the very end we're going to do an ftx type event uh, we're going to be expected uh, to be able to shoot uh 
probably about 800 meters and plink steel. You're going to have to use SWAS as part of your, your mission planning and during the op uh, you're going to have to do your environmental reconnaissance, your classical reconnaissance and then you know on top of all, you know below all that I guess is your uh, land navigation, shoot move communicate skills and uh, your all that kind of stuff. So, And then we're going to have an event at the end just like I think every school has where a little bit of a gut check uh, so you can earn the funny hat. I'm I can't be any more motivated. Number one, because we found the video that we're going to use for the YouTube clip. Cause thanks. That was a, that was an easy one. But number two, dude, that is, that's legit. And that's all up until three level, right? Yes. And then, and then bam, you, you, you hit it, you hit graduation and you're a, a no kidding SR dude and do that. And you're out of the schoolhouse. Right. And then you go to Hurlburt for an additional, you know, period of training. Solid. Well, let's talk about it. So you, you get out of the three level, right? So we're talking like holistically cradle to grave. So we got in, we got the right person. We got through this, you know, 18 to 24 month pipeline for SR. We've got a dive qualified, free fall qualified, shoot, move, communicate with knowledge of integrating SWAS, um, lo- uh, lo- you know, longer distance engagement. What, what's the term that you're using? It's a long, uh, I'm sorry, uh, target interdiction long distance target, long range target interdiction. Yeah. Now Got you lost it. me. Yeah, well, I should have already moved. You should have went, went to your notes, man. It was so clean the first time. We'll edit that out. We'll put that. It's like a designated post. marksman ish type capability. Yeah, exactly. we're looking yeah, for. That's, right. That's something that we had too. But so from there, you're not, you're not done yet. You're going to go and you're going to get additional training and you're going to go down to Herbie and you're going to go to the special tactics training squadron or STTS. And you're going to go through advanced skills training to get you uh, a bulk of your next training. What, what does that training look like? So that's where we're going to start to delve into uh, more of the, when we talk about uh, RNS, reconnaissance and surveillance, we're going to start talking about some of the surveillance uh, techniques that we use. And that's uh, more of what you think of, um, like with your, your long range photo lens cameras in like an urban environment or, or listing devices in an urban environment. Um, so we're going to, we're going to get into surveillance. Then we're going to, Get you a level level one ASOT, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and we're going to evaluate some potential paths for you in the future based on your your performance through that. Uh, and then we're going to get more SWAS, right? So the drones. So there's multiple different kinds. There's multiple different kinds. Yeah, I'm super professional today. So fixed <laughs> you're, wing. You're doing it. You're really doing it, buddy. Fixed wing and rotary wing. Uh, so you're going to get qualified, and you're going to get um, uh, your certi- uh, certifications. Uh, to operate SWAS in a, you know, combat environment or theater. And then, um, yeah, more shooting, more moving. And then we're going to go into some of the preparation, of the environment type stuff too. So a little bit of, uh, a little bit of everything. So building on the skills that you already have and then mixing in a little more of that, um, uh, non-conventional, unconventional warfare type flavor on top of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that I'm excited about for you guys is that this has been a, this has been a capability that you've been moving toward. Everybody's like, Oh, the rebrand is totally new. The rebrand is totally new. No, it's not. You've been doing these things like South T before SR had, had been moving that way. But in order to make that next level, you had to take a big step and the rebrand was a part of that big step forward. So I'm just excited to see that it's formalized at AST. That training is you're no kidding going there to do these things. Um, you know, not like, on the bro to bro level, I feel like Sao T for a long time was doing things like on the bro to bro level because it made sense and it supported the capability that we needed. But now it's it's formalized. You're like, no, we, we do these things for the team. And that starts at AST. I, I think that's 
a super awesome thing. Out of those capabilities that you kind of just mentioned, which one are you the most excited about being formalized? Well, I'm, they all kind of go together, right? And one of the things I didn't really talk about yet was like electronic warfare. And we talk about electromagnetic uh, emissions and the, the same words, right? Identify, uh, relate, and exploit. And we talk about cyber and EW. Um, that's kind of where we're going. And then when you bring in ASOT and SWAS, like I, I know from the outside it might be hard to see how all these things relate to each other, uh, but it's all kind of related, right? And then it all comes into this like weird fusion of, of Intel and the, the guys that go forward and then, you know, making that plan to, to execute our, our objectives. So um, the EW and cyber stuff is going to be a big piece of it um, as we move past the five level stuff. Well, and Trend. the most exciting, you know, kind of part of that is like you're going to fold all of those skills and you're bringing the capability real time out on target with me. So I get to look at you like, you know, I, I did this, you know, a couple of weeks ago with my guys. I'm like, hey, you need to tell me what's over that wall right there. What is it? Can we do? Is anybody like there were a bunch of things that I looked at my SR guys and I'm like, help me figure this problem out. And they were on it. You know, it's not just the information is okay, but the information in real time from a professional that knows how to interpret it and give me the, the no kidding. Like, I don't need to know your assessment of the information. I need you to look at me and go, this is what it is. You should do this. And I go, okay, thank goodness. Somebody has a plan because I'm terrible in pressure scenarios. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking like to myself, because this is also the first time that I've heard all these things said together in a sentence or in a professional manner, like Trent's doing. And, uh, I'm thinking like, you know, what other career field out there really does all of these things in one career field and is, you know, free fall dive, everything else qualified in the military. Like I'm sure you base some of this training off of the training that's already up in the military, like, you know, other reconnaissance type squadrons and stuff like that. But there's not, I don't know anyone that I could think of that does every single thing that you're bringing up right now, or am I wrong here? No, Who would you compare yourself to nobody. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was so, it was so fast. It was so fast. Who do you, who do you compare yourself to? I didn't nobody. finish that last. Next, syllable, no, <laughs> next question. Who do you compare? Next question. Slide. Well, I, I think one of the things to remember is we're not, we're not the analysis guys. Right. And there, there's certain things under uh, certain, um, uh, permissions that we're going to have that we're not going to be able to do and there's going to be limits uh, but we should have like the the 80% solution before even moving out because somebody else within the, the team the teams that we're working with uh, should already provide it should already know what's kind of happening and so the guy on the ground doesn't have to do like a, a bunch of analysis on uh, the emissions or the, the data that he's getting back uh, for the, the team that's actually on the ground when we go kinetic uh, to make the proper decisions uh, it's more like just locating and and um, confirming what we what we think we already knew, right? Yeah, that- that's yeah. It's fine, fix, finish. Like I, I can already hear where you you live inside of that space, man. Like that's that's awesome. And if you don't know uh, on the outside, I mean, make it through selection. You'll you'll figure out what that means later, I guess. So w- so we get done there, like, and now we're paused. We we kind of get through that advanced skills training at the special tactics training squadron in Herbie. And now the guys are getting ready to go to their units. First of all, like I'm asking this question almost rhetorically, but I will ask you for an answer. So training is over there, right? Like they're good. Oh yeah. No training stops. <laughs> you're, you're signed off. Um, actually when you, when you read some of the just classical reconnaissance publications, they are very, very clear. Like this is just like everything else, right? 
This is a perishable skill set, and if you do not practice and practice the right way often, um, you can't do it anymore. Like we're not going to sign you off if if you don't have refresher training. So you can't work in the joint environment if you're not practicing these skills. Yeah. So you're going to get to a troop just like, or you know, to a flight. Now you're going to get to a flight as a as a shoot, move, communicate, right? Because we all do four basic things: shoot, move, communicate. We lead. Those are four things that we all do. And then from there, we have our specific skill sets. Like for, for PJs, it's technical rescue and it's medicine. It's, it's gold standard trauma medicine. For the controllers, it's airfield seizure and joint terminal attack. For the SR guys, you know, we have their own specific skill set as well, which we've now fleshed out. So when they get to the team, what are they going to be focusing on? Kind of that, you know, hey, I finally got, you know, I've made it to the pinnacle. Um, of the mountain. I, I've graduated our own course, which has never happened before. And now I'm on team. What do they expect to do? You know, they hit that, that team room door and they're like, all right, how do I fit inside of ST? What does that look like in the team room? So it depends on, it depends on what the commander's direction, right? And what your deployments are on where you're going. Um, but like I said, they can support any of the missions uh, that we have downrange. And, um, you know, the, the, the environments they talk about is the permissive, uncertain, and hostile environments, and you can uh, perform it overtly, covertly, or uh, clandestinely. Um, so anything that we got going on, and depending on the skill sets that your guys have, but like when you're moving from your five to your seven level, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, there, there's a couple things that you're going to have to do. For now, you're going to have to go to a sniper school uh, to make your seven oh. level, like your army oh, sniper. No. Oh, no, then, I'm going ha- to have to go to sniper school. I know. And, and honestly, one of the reasons that we're, we're so concerned about sniper school is, is the shooting is, is secondary, but it's the, uh, the way that you move through the environment and the amount of glass work that you get in that course. Um, that's, that's very, very important to us. And being able to uh, get to the target, identify the target, and, and make assessments from there. And then the other thing that we're going to be focusing on for 7 level is like the close target reconnaissance. Uh, so getting close to something and your surveillance techniques and all that other kind of stuff is uh, one of our focus items. Uh, and, and as we think this thing develops, uh, the CFATP is not a dead document. It's a living document. And so there's some things that we, are, we just don't have the resources to get after just yet to make them actual requirements. You know, some guys will be able to get it, uh, but we can't make them, you know, standard requirements for everybody. Uh, but after as we go after the EW and cyber stuff, uh, you should be getting after those and the, the ASOT qualifications. Uh, that's where the seven-level guys should be heading. So. Nice. Yeah, I know for us, you know, part of the seven level upgrade for pararescue men was uh, doing jump master upgrades and rescue jump master, those kinds of things. Are you guys looking into also doing that kind of stuff or are you going to stick it to leave it to the CCT PJ guys to, to do that stuff? I think we're going to leave it to the unit commanders to decide. Uh, how many jump masters they need oh get it dang and the other thing is you know back when we were you know the first sts squadron back in 2008 when aaron and i first got to england it was like we used to jump on each other's training and it was like all right we're going to swift water trip south you guys you want to hop on this because you don't have like any formalized training or that kind of stuff back then and it's just like ah sure i don't really know what else to do um it sounds like some of the guys are going to want to jump on some of the training that you got going on just, you know, with the cool stuff that you get to do. Are there any other uh, cool schools that you're looking at uh, trying to implement into the pipeline or later on upgrade training type of stuff? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking to uh, a lot of different people from, from different places uh, to, to <laughs> nail down the, the correct uh, I courses just hope that our guys need to go through. Let's get let's get more and more vague as we oh go along. Gosh. Like you've done such a good job. Like we get the biggest input of people who are like, just tell us what it is. Be like, bro, 
We're waiting on things to flesh it out. Like Trent's being vague. He won't pop the lid on SR. Just start getting real. Look, we're talking to some people. We're doing some things. It's going to be huge. Best pipeline out there. I'm not saying it. People are saying it. Smart people. I mean, people are saying it. it um, <laughs> I mean, that is facts, though. That's big if true, dog. Um, but I mean, there's just a few things that, that we still need to flesh out, uh, especially as we move into the seven-level requirements. Uh, we still have Avalanche as a seven-level requirement. We couldn't take that away from our guys because, you know, Going out there and getting that Avalanche level two cert, that's that's money. And if I'm asking guys to, you know, overland in certain areas of the world, it's it's an important skill set to have. And the thing I, when we talk about you, guys, I'll tell you as a guy, I'm sorry, like on the Avalanche thing, I'll tell you as a guy that went to the Norwegian Allied Officers course with Weather Dudes, they make their money in that. Like they really are smart. They've they've always that's been a thing. Like it's the NASA mission for us. People kind of like we forget to sometimes talk about that because we do it. We've done it so long. Like we forget to tell people that it's interesting for you guys. One of your legacy capabilities that people kind of poo poo, but you guys are really, really good at it. It's moving in that avalanche terrain. You guys are highly trained. That's been a part of your, your training for a long time. Like recognizing that terrain, how to move in it, getting avalanche level two certified is no small task. And you, the SR back then it was South T, but those SR dudes were right next to us doing that training, Brian and I, you know, in mm-hmm. Norway at that allied officers course. And man, that's, I'm, I'm glad to see that you guys kept that as both as a legacy item for your history, but also because you guys have such institutional knowledge in that environment. Like it's really, really useful. Right. Yeah. Like the, the, the avalanche, the, the understanding the atmosphere to a certain extent, you know, cause we're air minded reconnaissance. We're not getting rid of all of that. And, um, just based on the, the drones, the swast things that we're going to be doing and our history, and the fact that we work for the Air Force, uh, it would be, I think, uh, irresponsible to not have a little bit of that capability sprinkled in there. And then uh, when we talk about guys jumping on each other's training, when we talk about cyber and EW and a few of the other things and some of the ASOS stuff, if if the, the combat controllers and the J's and the TACPs are not getting involved in that stuff, like they should be, I think they're going to, right? It's already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, uh, we are. That's, I'll, that's I'll where we're all going. Ground. Yeah, from ground level, we are. Like it's a, yeah. it's a big push and I, credit to you guys for leading that charge. But yeah, it's, it's happening. Yeah. I mean, we're all going to end up in the same environment going after mm-hmm. the same objectives. And so it's just like, I go through a, a fair amount of medical training, but I'm not, I'm obviously not a PJ. Right. Uh, but it's, it's, it helps me not only to potentially save someone's life in a traumatic uh, uh, environment, but it helps me to understand what it is that the PJ does, right? And some of the mm-hmm. the, the time hacks and, and these other things, uh, how to set up a room for a mass casualty event, you know. And then when, once I understand what what you're dealing with, when the the team the PJ team leader tells me something to do, you know, during one of these exercises, <laughs> I don't question it. I'm not like this dude doesn't know what he's doing. I know what he's doing, and I can. I'm already like halfway there by the time he says something. So uh, that interoperability amongst just us is hugely valuable. Right. So speaking of interoperability, you know, uh, traditionally CCTs and PJs, um, like Aaron and I, when we were down in England again, um, we would get farmed out to whoever else because it was kind of a mission set kind of thing um, to go with the Green Berets, SEALs, all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure that all those people that are listening out there are like, are you guys going to go with those guys? Are you going to attach? What are the opportunities out there for, you know, branching out, so to speak? So what you got from? So this is this is anecdotal based on my own experience, uh, but the the green berets get into the the gray to black world pretty well and use um, some of the extra 
so so the military uh, uh, operates mostly under a single title, and so when you start operating under different let's titles, let's go, let's go, let's. Um, we're, we're diving so deep. We're diving so deep. I like it. I'm excited. The, the, the Green Berets are, are a good conduit for access to certain places because they've already you know broken the code on a few different places, and that's kind of what they do with the Foreign Internal Defense Mission. Um, so I could see us working a lot with them because traditionally we've worked with them a lot. Uh, I've worked with Green Berets more than any other branch. So, uh, because they're usually where we want to be, uh, you know, when we first went to Africa and, and, you know, my career field went to Africa a long time ago because we, we kind of entrenched with the Green Berets, um, like that, that's, that's the way it is. You know, they're always where we want to be and they provide access and, and a, a known quantity or a known quality of team that you're going to be in bed with and they know who you are. And you can kind of go after your separate mission sets and uh, and help each other out. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That was a really long answer to yes. Yeah. Just for all you guys sure. that are listening out there, if you... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Short answer. But again, short again answer. yeah, the reason why is like, why wouldn't you... Like, you are the subject matter expert. Again, like, you are the person that is going to go in there and go, okay, here's some vulnerabilities you're not thinking of because I think about this literally from 180 out. You're on the ground here doing these things. And I literally think about building myself from the, from the air down. I can provide you at least a different perspective. Like it may be valuable. It may not be, but it's always going to be a different perspective. And that's one of the great reasons why, like, I, I think you guys are going to be more included. I think this is good. The can of worms is going to be open on this one. And people are going to be like, Oh wait, you can integrate how many systems you can provide me. What sort of real time you can. Oh, and Oh, by the way, I don't have to worry about you going and getting into some like no kidding problems because you, you have the tools, shoot, move, communicate, lead to solve those problems, man, that's, that's a pretty easy sell to somebody else. Right. I mean, Mission planning purposes, it's invaluable to have all that type of information and every single asset out there is doing their mission planning process daily. So you're going to be just, you know, there in the middle of everything. Um, but as far as, um, challenges and other things that you guys are going to have to set up, obviously there's, you know, the integration and, you know, just introducing yourself as I'm this new asset. I have these capabilities. Look what I can do. Um, so that'd be number one challenge is just stepping into the scene and saying, you know, backing up all the things that we're talking about, um, because it is a new career field. Um, what are the kind of challenges do you think might be presented for this career field? Well, I think that's the big thing. And um, so so our entire career field is under AFSOC, which falls under SOCOM, right? And so from the very beginning, we've been speaking to the correct people to make sure that we're setting this up in the correct way uh, to get that uh, interoperability, that joint interoperability checkmark, you know, like that blue checkmark that says, yes, you are good for this. Um, so when you SOCOM when you, verify. Right. Uh, <laughs> SOCOM, fo- SOCOM follows Trent. But if you don't have that under, under SOCOM, that that's everything is that interoperability standard. And, and so we're moving in that direction. We've, we've been, uh, working together with them since the very beginning to make sure that, uh, they get the warm fuzzy from us. And, uh, and they know our capabilities, right? It's a two-way street. And that way, when you, <clears throat> when you move into like a theater, paperwork is something that we don't typically think about. Uh, but uh, when, when a commander is like, who do, I, who do I have that can do this? He's got like a binder of people that he can choose from. And if that binder has incorrect information, which we've run into in the past, uh, he's not going to send you. Or he's not even going to know that you're capable of performing that mission. So we're, we're working out all those wickets. Yeah, because I mean, just like everybody, you know, we have there's we feel questions just on the Internet of like, what is it that you guys do? Brian, have you ever been on a deployment 
where somebody you haven't had to give a capabilities brief where no. you've been like, hi, I'm first, a, P, I'm a PJ first thing, team. Hi, my name is Brian and this is what I'm, I do. I'm a PJ. Do you know what a PJ is? Here we go. I can imagine for you guys, it's going to be the exact same thing. If I'm going to put you on the spot again. So elevator brief, give me your, your 30 second pitch for I'm, I'm an SR guy. Here's what we give because this is what people want to be, right? You want to be the guy that steps into a room and says this. Well, it depends on the team, but you're going to start with the basics always, right? Hey, let's go to the range and I'm going to outshoot your guys or I'm sniper qualified just like your guys are. They're like, oh, cool. And it's like, oh, check out this little guy. He can fly and he has all these cameras and sensors on him. And I can tell you what's over that ridge line. They're like, hey, that's cool. It's like, check this out. I also have this box that can tell you a lot of other stuff about these. You know, like you just walk through your capabilities, but every step of that way, you're going to have to prove what you can do. Uh, but you find that common ground first. Be a good person, be a good teammate, help out with the stuff that they're working on, and then you prove your capability uh, through action. You know, like, you can show up with all your badges, and you can say all this stuff, and you can be like, I'm a pararescue guy or a combat controller or an SR guy, uh, in my experience, and maybe it's because I was a Sao T guy, you know? Like, showing up to a, an ODA and being like, this is what I can do. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You know, like, that gets you, like, a, a 10% solution. The rest of it is proven through action and uh, capability. Well, now I'm mad at you because now I don't know which video to pick, either that one or the one from before, because that was we didn't practice that either. Anybody <laughs> like that? One, that was Trent. Off the, who is this new guy? Who, well, Trent may have practiced it with this <laughs> note writing thing that he's been doing. This and, new, you're so different, Trent. I've had it with you. I've had like, it. You're, two you're, computer you're screens writing, up. It's weird. You're writing notes now. On. You've got two screens. You obviously said that you to yourself in the mirror. Changed your background too. You changed it to the <laughs> one. Picture, for the one yeah. cartoon. It's just the one thing. That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> it's the only thing we all float down here. I love it it's my favorite cartoon dude that's you just crushed it for for where it is that you guys are gonna go and like that's the end state so man to to tarantino it we're gonna bring it all the way back to the beginning because that's what that's who we're talking to so for me again i've said it multiple times we're gonna put together a youtube clip of me saying this on wax take me back 20 years tell me what sr is gonna be you you give me that description of sr 20 years ago and I have a hard time figuring out what it is that I want to do because that mission set to me, I'm like, wow, man, that mission set speaks to me a lot. Like I love medicine a lot. It's always been something that drew me to the pararescue career field. But the thing you just described, that gives me a hard decision to make as, as a young man or a young woman that's getting ready to try this, try this thing out. So man, let me hit you with it. Okay. I'm sold. What do I need to do is the first step. What's the first thing that I need to do to figure out how to be an SR dude? Go see a recruiter. Uh, but Trent, how but, do I find him? But how no. do I find him, Trent? <laughs> let, but let me, Trent, me, how do I find him? Jeez, you, you got the inner what you're you're hitting me up on Instagram. Obviously, <laughs> it's not that hard. Um, well, let me go back to one of the other things you said though, because I like to talk to the, the guys at prep about this because they'll be like, Hey, I don't know if I want to be pararescue tech PSR or, or, or combat control, right? And I always tell them the same thing. I say, if you work hard and you say yes to all the opportunities that come your way, and I think we've all seen this at a certain point. We all end up in the same place and you, everybody ends up where they want to be working with all the people doing the same things Absolutely. to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, so like, just because I'm like, Hey, we do EW and all this other stuff and you're like, Oh, I really want to do that. But I also like pararescue. I'm telling you that if, if, if you're like 51% pararescue, like do it. Cause if you work hard and you keep saying yes and you just move through your career, 
um, you're, we're all going to end up in the same situation on the same teams doing the exact same stuff with a ton of overlap. Uh, so that there's no reason to, to spend more time than is necessary fretting over which AFSC you're going to choose if you're a good worker. The other important thing on that is no one that you, that I've ever met that was a PJ, CCT, any of that kind of stuff is like, man, I really regret being a PJ. I really regret, you know, going down whatever path. It's never been a thing. (laughs) We've talked to people that have literally like been doctors, physicians, assistants, officers, fighter pilots, entrepreneurs, Olympians, and never once did they ever like, yeah, I regretted that part of my life. That was not, that was never a thing. They're like, I wanted a different challenge. So I moved on, but never are you ever going to be like, you know what? I regret being a pararescueman. I regret being <laughs> in AFSOC. Get out of here. Yeah. Like working with the best people in the world and figuring out who you really are at your core and, and taking that for the rest of your life. That's a terrible situation to be in. Like, <laughs> sarcasm by the way i'm I'm so mad at you where this trend this is the best podcast we've ever done i'm just gonna put it out there right now you're not supposed to say it's like saying there's a no hitter in the ninth i don't care trent i i'm gonna be an sr guy i gotta cross train now great hope you got room we got space so yeah yeah yeah. just go see your recruiter and be the right person it's the same thing for everybody you know Okay, so they see a recruiter, they start talking, they start training. Man, is there anything that you would want them to know? I know we've laid it out, but is there anything, a lot of times I'll talk like expectation management or I'll be like, hey, just understand that it's not going to be, like it's going to be awesome all the time. Your best day as doing anything else is never going to be equal to your worst day of being an SR guy or a PJ. Like those days are, my, my days as a PJ are always better than anything else my life could be because it's it's what i'm i feel like i'm designed or built to do right right is there any piece of advice that you want to give somebody to keep in mind like while they're going through this process and just be like hey just keep this in mind while you're going through the process well let's talk about one thing that they should know before they go see the recruiter is the only thing that's really different about sr is i'm going to expect you to uh be top secret capable earlier than some of the other career fields and um Get through that first process and don't change your story, all right? Uh, that, that's a, a big thing. But just maybe look into what is required for a top-secret clearance. And if you definitely don't meet that, uh, you know, find something else that you want to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The devil's lettuce, lots less, uh, less <laughs> uh, approving of the devil's lettuce on the SR side of the house. But let your recruiter walk you through that process. Don't, don't make any huge decisions without talking to your recruiter. Absolutely. Um, you, you, the physicality of it, people ask us all the time, all the time. What do I need to be at? Man, from the horse's mouth, is SR any different in their physical needs than PJ and combat controller? No. Um, nope. We're looking for the same person. You need to be tough. You need to, you need to be smart. You need to not quit. That's it. Um, you know, like my, my apprentice course, it's not mine, our, our apprentice course. I I take ownership of things that I work on. Um, (laughs) I will, uh, we're, we're planning on making our guys the, the dirty field guys, especially early on in their career. You're going to spend a lot of time in the field. You're going to spend a lot of time, uh, moving weight across terrain, uh, but you're going to get there, you know, that's post selection and post your employment phase. Uh, At that point, we're invested in you at least as much as you're invested in us. Uh, but that's what you have to look forward to. And the last thing is we are a small career field. So there is, there is a little more onus on you to, to find, I don't want to say find work, but like if, if you're just sitting there and no one knows what to do with you, 
You need to use this thing between your ears and think about your training and look at the big picture of what's happening in your, squ- in your squadron and be like, this is where I fit. And maybe go to your op superior supervisor and be like, hey, this is what I need to do. Uh, that might be a difference. Uh, and th- those are the people that we're looking for. Like uh, I've done it throughout my whole career. Like You just have to walk up to you and be like, I'm going to go do this. Are you cool with that? And I don't think I've ever been told no. They're like, you want to you go to this, this training that no one else wants to go to? And I'm like, yes. They're like, go. I'm like, cool. That's, again, it's choose your own adventure. It's figure out what it is that you want to do. What do you, what do you want to make your career field look like? Or, you know, your career look like. Before I turn it over to Brian, who's going to hit you with the, the big question of the day. Are there any misconceptions? I know there's a, usually the number one thing that like the number one question in the DMs and the comments that we get is like, tell us everything about SR. I don't know how we can lay it out. I hope this episode puts it to bed. I hope this is the one that we can probably, we, we can just point to it and we can go, hey, everything you need to know is here, right? But there's still misconceptions out there. What are those? What are some misconceptions? What are what are some no kidding from you? Big if true moment, big facts, nothing but the truth. What misconceptions do you want to dispel about SR right now? I just want to say when when we say reconnaissance, it's a very broad term. All right. And so when you say Marine Force Recon, Ranger Reconnaissance, all these other things, it's very broad. And once you get to it, there are levels within those communities that focus on different items. And we are very much focused on the solving Air Force problems first. And the way that we go about it, the way that we're leaning forward into um, some of the tech is, is a little bit different and, and the objectives that we're getting after. And then your, your classical reconnaissance is just the, the first step. That is our foundation uh, because when all the tech fails or when everything goes wrong, uh, at the end of the day, I still need a person that is a hard person that can you know go into the woods hide, do what they need to do, and accomplish their mission no matter what. Uh, so that's the, the foundation I'm going to build. Um, and then I'm going to put all that, that Gucci stuff on top of that and all those uh, tactics and techniques on top of that. That's, uh, that's all I'm going to say. Damn. Well, I'm super excited about SR now. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Like, like, holy cow. I don't know. You know, Trent's been off for probably a week. You can see that he has some facial hair growing on his hands hair. He's been out in the I'm woods late. just contemplating what he was going to talk about in this episode for the past at least week. He said he was camping with his family, but we know he's, that- he's apparently been preparing for this in a locker room for weeks, weeks, Trent. I, yeah. I got to be honest with you. I hate to I hate to put out a call to action like this. The next person that puts anything out that says, what does SR do? And you don't like immediately link to this video and Trent's four speeches. I am going to flip out. Exactly. Boom. You're going to plaster it everywhere. So there it is. I don't know, you know if there's anything that we could have possibly missed um, in the pipeline there. This may help you or it may hurt your decision-making process as you're trying to decide on which career field you're going to be going to. Um, but like we said before, there is no person that is in these type of career fields that regrets their decision. And you can look at our other episode um, last week and you can just go off of RJ Casey's uh, lead and go try all of them. So, you know, there's always the opportunities out there to continue on and do whatever it is that you want to do. But the basics are what remain the same. You know, like Trent was talking about, we want tough guys that are ready to execute the mission and are good team players, always looking out for the team first. Um, So that's the foundation of what we're looking for um, as far as those guys that are coming in. 
and the capabilities are going to be stacked upon it. If you're noticing now a trend between all the different career fields, everyone gets the same basic amount of training. Everyone has the capabilities to insert via, you know, halo, airborne, dive, all those other methods, and of course, be able to shoot. Um, the things that are on top of it, the icing on the cake is what makes that beret color change from person to person. So, um, you know, go ahead and do as much research as you can. I don't know how much more research you can do besides this video on SR. Um, but you know, go and watch the other videos about pararescue. We're going to do another one about CCT just so you guys can have all the decisions out there, everything laid out in front of you and you choose your own destiny, figure out what you want to do. So you know, super excited, Trent. Thank you for laying that out and, you know, using the last couple of years of your life to dedicate to these guys and further your career field. Um, you know, it's not just a label change like we've been talking about before. It's not just South guys, um, still doing weather and doing the same kind of thing. Uh, we're not trying to sell it like that. We're not just trying to repackage the same thing. It's an entirely new thing that's inside the package and out. Um, so, I'm really excited for these capabilities to actually go and be employed. And I think it was necessary with the amount of technology that's employed in the battlefield at this, this amount of time. And who knows what our, um, our adversaries in the future are going to actually be capable of, because it's not going to be, um, always just people in caves doing that kind of stuff. It's going to be people that are actually capable of doing electronic warfare against us as well. And, uh, I think it's really great that we're at the forefront of bringing the fight in that arena to our future adversaries so super excited again uh, make sure that you guys go ahead and like subscribe on the youtube channel if you didn't watch it super awesome watch trent's little picture back there it's really cool and then also <laughs> you can go on to the apple podcast and leave us a review we really appreciate it um and you know as always go out there earn each breath and we're out here for you guys so hit us up anytime Bye. Later. Like, train art.